You're listening to the Catalyst Church of Carrollton podcast. We hope this message speaks to you and encourages you. You can find more messages by searching Catalyst Church of Carrollton on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Learn more at IamCatalyst.net. Children over that other village, set 
sacrifice on fire because when you're when you when your car comes, nothing else around us matters, whether it changes or doesn't, but that changes us and that's all that matters. But right now I pray that you challenge us. Uh, use my craziness to bring your glory because that is what you call us to do. I don't make you, I'm, I'm honest about it, but I want you to use me. Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. Y'all know it's possible in Sunday, so as you're sitting, you feel free to go on this here now. Ah, that possible business. So every time around this time, I'm going to preach on fear. I don't know that I'll ever change that. We'll talk about it next year. I doubt it. I went home alone and so talked about that. I'm going to go into the bottom today. I want to talk about fear. I want to talk about lions, tigers, and whatever, whatever that is for you. <laughs> whatever you're afraid of, that's why I hope that one kind of one. Whatever that is for you. The most common command in the Bible is to fear not. It's to fear not. Your problem is you don't know how to fear not. You don't know how to fear not. If you don't learn how to fear not, you will become and be ruled by whatever you're afraid of. Whatever that element of blank is in your life of blanks, because we're all scared of it. A lot of us. You will become it. Fear has dictated and defined your life far too long. Matter of fact, say this with me say no more. Say it like you mean it, say no more. Online, if you're watching live, I'll let it drop a comment when you're engaged. No more. No more. I want to help you fear not. Because you don't have to continue to spiral in the things that you're scared of and your insecurities and fears and that is what this is. And I want to help you today because fear causes us all even things to do crazy, 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 crazy things. And we have to learn to fear not. And if we don't know how, we won't fear not. And we'll fight. A bunch of dumb battles and we'll do crazy things, and here's the first one you do. Fear causes you to fight when you should flee. To fight when you should flee. When you are defined by your when you let your feelings, your insecurities, your emotions define you, tell somebody said that's fear. That's fear, and what it causes you to do is fear causes you uh, to fight the wrong battles. And why that is is because your feelings uh, define who you fight, what you fight, why you fight, how you fight, where you fight. You just fight all the dumb battles in, in your life that's crazy. You live in insanity and you end up defending yourself. And, and at the end of the day, you fight and you fight to get your money from uh, because you are ruled by fear. And the bad thing about this one is we look like strong people. The people that fight all the time and can fight every day and ain't afraid of nothing. You're the most scared person in the room. You just heard you better show up. You engage when you should walk away. You address when you should avoid. I, this is my big one, y'all. I, you talk when you should shut up. You stay when you should go. So before we talk about what everybody else is talking about, I ain't scared. Let's talk about the number one fear that most all of us have in some areas of our life, and some of us all of our life. We fight when we should flee. We fight when we should flee. The disciples love to fight amongst each other because that's what people that are led by fear and feelings and insecurities do, and all of us do that. They were saying, hey, hey, Jesus, which one is your favorite? Hey, Jesus, what are you doing? Hey, you had one to sit on the right of you, Jesus. Who's, who's the MVP of this group? And Jesus talked that real quick because it was fear. He said, we don't do that. 
world to take us. We don't do things he says, we don't do what that we're not like the world. We don't we're not like other people. We don't promote our authority or gifts and talents and abilities and money and power and respect and security. We don't know that other people. He said, I came to serve. In other words, I didn't come to prove a point, I came to care about people. I didn't come to prove a point. Your insecurities and your fear are following you from that. And he said, if you're going to be a part of this kingdom, you are going to come to serve, not to prove a point. Because even I came for that moment. Then they started fighting on everybody else because, you know, what well, when Jesus sets the precedence, he's going to fight with us. He's going to fight with us. He's you know, mama threatens the wicked tail. You may not fight against your brother, but you, you don't feel for insecurity. You don't fight somebody else. So what they did, they went outside the circle. They started fighting with other people. Because even the disciples are human and us, and they're led by their feelings. So they go out. There's some people back out in their name. In other words, doing ministry, aka the church, churches all across the world. And that Jesus says, hey, man, they're, they're, they're baptizing in our name. They're doing what we do. They don't do it like we do it. It's like saying, you know what Jesus said? Jesus said, if they're not against us, they're for us. Let them do their thing. Whether you like it, whether you like their flavor, whether you whether what your vision is as opposed to their, their vision, if they're not trying to kill you or, or, or take you down, they're not against you, they're for Tells them, he tells the people that he knew. He's healing. 
Remember what he told them? Opposite of what we tell people. He says, don't tell anybody. You know why he did that is because he knew that if he told people and it got out too quickly what he was doing, yes, you're going to be able to reach a lot of people, but the people's haters come out of the woodwork too, and he would have gone to the cross prematurely. And Jesus what didn't come to prove a point, just like he told his disciples. He didn't just say that. He lived that. He came to fulfill a mission and a purpose and to show people who they really were. And so he was not led by feelings. What we do, we tell everybody quickly. I wonder how many people and opportunities that you lost, how many unnecessary battles you fight because that's the first thing you do. You want to find the best way to tell the most people what got, what, what's happened in your life because you're really trying to fight battles to prove your feelings wrong. That's the first place you go. Before you know it, yeah, there's some people that love you, but the people that are that are that are, that are jealous of you and the people that aren't where you are, they're all that does is hurt your productivity in your life, and you end up sabotaging your own future and being so don't tell anybody. But the first place you go when you fight battles that you should flee and you're engaging in battles that aren't good battles, the first place you go is the social media. You won't tell everybody. I bought a business. I did it. I'm 50 years old. I finally did it. Thank God. Glory be to God. But you just. All your posts at the last line were more than you. I finally got the degree. I finally found my person. I was single and I was patient and I waited and I didn't sleep around and I did this and finally I get to walk in our country, God. Because at the end of the day, we're living by fear. And you have hustled and you have worked your you work hard and you built a good life, you've raised some good kids. And, but what you're screaming by what you post, by what you tell people, by what you do at work, when you're telling everybody about what you've done, what, what you've accomplished, uh, when you're constantly one up in everybody's story, what you're really doing is you're screaming fear. You're screaming that I'm not what, what, what my daddy left me. I'm not what my mother and my employees said about me. You're screaming that I'm not my test scores. Trust me, did that for years and wasted a lot of money getting degrees that are great degrees, but the motives behind why I got them was fear. Fear. I'm not whatever you're really afraid of. When you were in your fear, you, you put on and you fight these unnecessary battles and you're aggressive because at the end of the day, your greatest fear is other people confirming how you already feel about yourself. That is fear. Jesus had to address the disciples over and over. That's not how we do it because that's not why we do it. Fear. Tell somebody, I know that voice gets picked up, but that's fear. Fear. It's fear. It's fear. It's fear. It's fear. Yes, you're not 
what your mama said. You're not why your daddy left. You're not your test scores. You're not the things that you're scared of. You're not. You're not. You're not your greatest fears. But what you are is a 45-year-old trying to prove you're not. Yes, you're not those things, but until you actually live up and actually believe it, ain't nobody else gonna believe it for you. And what fear causes us to do fight when we should flee. Overwork. Overcompensate. Fight. You don't have the energy to fight the the good battles because you fight them all. You're scared to death. Paul told Timothy, a young pastor who was leading a lot of older people, he's probably in his late teenage years, he was youth age, and lead the pastor in your corner. Paul says, run. Say run. We, we don't like that word. We, we, that's a negative word, but sometimes it's not. Run from anything that stimulates youthful lust. I'm going to show you in a minute what youthful lust is, but it ain't talking about it so much more. It encompasses way more than sex and physical attraction. Run from anything that stimulates youthful lust. Oh, let me just tell you what it is now. What is ambition? The young people can go faster. They think they got the best ideas, and they probably do. They just don't have any maturity, which is why they run themselves to the ground. It's the excessive desire to be acknowledged, accepted, affirmed, accomplished, ambition. Trust me, in my heart, when I started Catalyst Church, you better believe that there was a part of me that this dream was a God. I just ain't afraid to say it. I have to still to this day, as this thing grows, I have to check my heart and say, I can't, because it's a surround, I can't start living for the things I've been hurt in the places I doubt myself, or the same thing that happened three years ago, we'll have to overhaul this thing at some point, no, we won't, I'll just say I'll find somebody else then. Fear causes you to just engage and engage and engage. That's what youthful lust is, this desire to be there. That's why you appease everybody. You can't tell anybody the truth because you're too busy trying to blow smoke. Youthful lust. Okay? I'm not talking about the smoke part. That'll, that'll actually go for the next point. Enjoy the companionship. He says, run from it. This is how you do it. Run from the dreams and the ambition and the reason that you constantly try to make more money and no money is ever enough and you're, you're not just a cheap stack state. You're greedy at this point. You have bottom-feeding business deals because you, have, you, are, you were driven by youthful lust, a.k.a. fear. Make it look pretty, but it's fear. He's got better looking enemies nowadays. We've got, it's not that the enemy's gotten better. We've gotten better covering it up. Enjoy the companionship. Just say, enjoy the companionship of those who call on the Lord with pure hearts. Again, I say, don't get involved in what? Foolish and ignorant arguments. Straight back to what Jesus told the disciples. Quit fighting stupid stuff because you were led by your insecurities and your drive to prove that you're not what you're afraid of. They only start fights. Drama. I just, I don't want a drama. Then why do you set it up for yourself? Why do you sabotage everything? It's because you can't handle peace anymore because you're so lost in your fear. 
A servant of those, a servant of one must not quarrel, but must be kind to everyone and be able to teach and be patient with difficult people. I'm telling you, we've all lost it. He said, run, 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 run from this hopefulness. Run from this drive and this desire. It's why young people get heartbroken and it takes about 40 years, 50 years to actually realize, man, this is what life's about. And I, I waste a lot of time when you make the most of the most. It is youthful lust. It is fear. Just because I can do it faster than you doesn't mean I can't receive from you and learn. Competitiveness has crippled your ability to enjoy life. You tell your kids, don't make a big deal out of it when they get cut from the team, but your own competitiveness is always there. You flip out of a fantasy football. You might as well make them play golf because if you don't play the best round of your life, you just ruined your own thing. Fear. It's fear. Oh, if you're the best athlete in the room, you're human, and when you suck, you gotta own it and move forward. Fear, man. We fight. We just fight. We fight. We fight. We fight. Fear. You're obsessed with the next goal, the next step, the next, the next amount, the next pay raise, the next promotion, the next compliment. Trust me, everybody on social media is fishing. Fishing for affirmation, and they just want somebody to encourage them. Why don't you stop that? Because that is fear. Everybody needs some encouragement, but you don't need it all the time. At some point, you gotta learn to get it from him, or you ain't never gonna really be able to receive it from other people. Fear. And what we do is we're constantly doing, doing. This is the day the Lord, this is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be that glad. It's not even in your vocabulary or your radar. It's fear. It's fear. It's fear. It's fear. You see people as contenders. You get embarrassed because your kids are bullying you, and your kids get called bullying, but at the end of the day, they're seeing the way you live your life, that you see everybody as a threat because you've been so hurt and so traumatized that you, you don't even realize you treat the kid that is on playing beside your kid as a threat because they might start over, start over them. They're not the enemy, though, but you see it that way, and your kid catches that, and it's ingrained in them. And do you know why one day you're at the principal's office embarrassed? It's not because you're a bad parent. It's because you've been led by fear, and you're the only reference. Trust me, I spend my, I'm, I'm no better than you. I'm just up here telling you the truth. There's been years of my life I was looking at the guy my age who had a comfortable ministry and how big it was, and because it was, I wasn't quite to his level, and, and they were younger than me and had more degrees than me and did it faster. I used to cry at the screen as a single man watching a guy that was ahead of me. Getting his doctorate, having twins, cry like a baby. God, why am I in this mess? Spirit! By the way, I got chosen. We are led by fear. We are led by fear. And fear is the reason we fight. Are you scared? You know what a bad fighter is? You know what the people that can't fight? They're just the ones that weather away. You get somebody knows how to box, they step back. I know Mark Edgar and his family, they said, just step back. Boom! One punch is all it takes, but you're sitting there well because you don't know how to fight. 
You're well away in life. You're overworked. You wonder why you're exhausted. It's because you just hide everything because you don't even know how to You're just wearing it's spirit in there. And you end up having controversy and conflict in your life. You always got some type of conflict in your life. A friend that, that you think that's done you wrong. You're always talking drunk at the dinner table. Do you know why that is? It's spirit. It's spirit. Strongest backs, they got the strongest spirit, and they're not afraid of anybody. They'll, 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 they'll black your eyes right at everybody. They don't mess with them. And you know what they say? You know what people say? Anybody who struggles with this, this is what their fear looks like. I ain't scared. I ain't scared. That's exactly what you are. Scared. You work 90 hours a week, and you will put somebody on the wall if they look at you funny. It is fear. It is not strength. Paul said his strength is made perfect in my. You want some non-American, you want some Christianity that ain't very American? It is fear when you're constantly fighting, when you're constantly trying to get the next to the next step, the next break. It is fear. Watch this. Oh, let me say this real quick. Trauma. You reach, I reach people. We all do. We, we influence people who are like us. So I know I'm in a church full of people that hurt like me. We stay there. They all hurt the same. I'm just don't reach people that are a little more honest about it. Man. Trauma has caused you to not even enjoy those moments of good people. You know, I mean, now that God's moving in life, I get people reach out to me all the time. And now that things are going so good, I'm just struggling. I'm scared that the bubble's going to burst. And it will. Because of your spirit. You don't realize that what trauma's called you to do is you, you fight your whole life like you're in war mode. Defense mode. That's all good when you're in war and when you're running for your life, but it's not good in the caretaker when you're family. It's not good when God is blessing you with the most beautiful moments and you can't even receive it because you're thinking about being trapped for some way. That's what fighting what you should flee and fight in every battle is that you live your life tired and and I'm going to get so excited. Let's get this back here. Paul said when you were tempted, when you're tempted, when you got a fight coming your way, when you got something that that you're fighting and addressing your life, he says when you were tempted, he will show you a way out so that you can endure it. We love preaching about those things we need to fight through, but what about those things we need to get out of? Because what fear calls you to do is fight and you should flee, and that's what's the most popular thing. But the thing is, that's a lot of times that's fear. You'll flip out make a fool of yourself. You say, I ain't scared, but that is exactly what fear looks like in the culture for the most part. I fight through it, I go through it, I keep through it, I keep through it, I just pray I get through it. According to Paul, there's some times that he will show you a way out so that you can endure. The way you're going to grow through it is get yourself out of it. There's some jobs, there's some relationships, there's some habits in your life that you are not going to. Alcoholics, you need to stop. There's some people 
right now that if you don't stop drinking, if you don't, hey, we, hey, let's not even talk about marijuana the issue. What about some of you that you know weed is just the first step to sinking deep into what you just got yourself out of five years ago? Paul says, body, sometimes the only way to ruin is like some things I'm giving you a way out. If you don't see it, you are, you cannot go to the bar if you want what God has for you, you cannot. It will rob you. I'm sorry that alcohol is a little devil for you. Anybody knew I talked like this in the last few months? We want to fight it. I can fight it. I can do this. I can do this. Well, you know, it's a sipping wine, and then six months later, you lost your whole family all over again, and they lost trust in you. I got to fight it. I got to work that job. Let me, 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 Hope of this man, he got sold into slavery by his brothers, man. I mean, literally, brothers jealous of him, sold him into slavery. And we're, he was 17, and at this point, he's probably in his early 20s. And he is in a, and the Bible says, even though he got sold into slavery, God says the favor of the Lord was on him. I want you to remember that when you're in a tough season. When you're broke, when you have single parents, and you ain't got nothing, and you don't even know that your kids got random noodles to eat for dinner. He had the favor of God on him at Potiphar's house as a slave. In prison, everybody forgot about him and he rotted in a jail cell. He got lifted up at 30, but in his late 20s, all my people, he was forgotten in a jail cell, but God didn't forget him. That's great. That's not fair. So what happened is Joseph is in the early part of his, of his tough season. He's at Potiphar's house. He was a, he was a slave. He got so much favor that he's worked his way. He's taking care of all these like Potiphar's right hand man, but he's still a slave on paper. Potiphar's wife, like that out, and again, she got tired of looking at what she wanted her stuff to say something. You know what I'm saying? If you don't like your kids hearing it, they can be in catechists because the Bible's raw and I'm going to be raw too. I ain't doing the sugar coated stuff. I've probably got some worse things coming up. You've you got about two minutes probably. If you, want, if you want to have to do some explaining, they you won't have to if they're over there and we've been working on that thing. God is moving in our catechism. And she called him by his garment, saying, Am I awake? You're my slave. You don't sleep with me right now. And Joseph left the garment in her hand and fled and he was that in his head. He died. Him on. Why didn't he leave? He died. He ran. He ran. He ain't gonna let me know what I can say again. You do this and I'll. I'm out. Be honest with yourself. I know I'm preaching intensely today, but I want you to hear me. You don't run because they talk sweet to you. Tell you how pretty you are. 
You got some issues at home, but you don't run because they tell you what a good woman you are, what a good man you are, you stroke your ego. The other thing is true, but I'm just saying. Told you the Bible is wrong. This stuff, our life is wrong. It'll meet you right where you are. It's all sweet for you in a bad, you've been in a bad marriage for years, and all of a sudden somebody's talking sweet to you, and you need to get, there's a way to handle it. If the marriage doesn't work out, this ain't the way it's not supposed to work out, because God's going to honor you for that. I don't care if you were in a relationship for 20 years, you better you better handle it right, because God will honor you. He'll give you grace, but He won't honor you. You'll have a lot of heartbreak and lessons to get to where you're going if you do it the wrong way. Joseph, God Himself, this applies to everything. They talk down to you. Hey, a lot of people do a lot for you. But how does it treat you? How does your job treat you? Because a lot of times people will do a lot for you. They don't, they don't do this naively, but you don't even realize you're doing it. They don't do it. It's a subconscious fear-driven motive. People will do a lot for you so that when it's time for you to make a move, you feel guilty. But it doesn't matter what people do for you if they treat you bad. I'm talking about the job you're in. I'm talking about the friendships, family, don't care who it is. If you, if there's some relationship, there's some jobs that you've been in for years that it's time to get yourself out. The prodigal son, you know what he had to do to go back to the home? He had to quit the job he was at. It wasn't no shame. He had to quit doing his pig pen at wherever he was working to go back to the father. Don't you dare work 40 years in retirement, you realize you're going to have to stay at that slave job forever. Because when you do, and you get to retire, and they give you a little cake and replace you, and you realize what a waste it was, it wasn't God's fault, it was yours. We fight. We fight. When we should flee. We fight. When we should flee. Get yourself there's some things in your life that if you're going to run to the Father, you've got to run away from some things. The Bible says the name of the Lord is a strong power of the righteous running to them, and they are saved. There's some things you need to run away from. And it's not, it's not people can make fun of you and say you're, you don't love, you don't love, you've changed, you're judgmental. But at the end of the day, if you're running to some things that you need to run away from, you were running from the Father because you were being led by fear. I'm done with that one. But it was very important. So somebody said, move on. Fear causes you to flee. Flee when you should fight. Yeah, flee when you should fight. Flee when you should fight. I want you to know not everybody does one of these things. We all feel a series of them in different parts of our life. There's some things in your life that you, you're not fighting. You shut down. You don't fight. There's some things in your life that you are fleeing, you are running, you are avoiding. Trust me. Every every time I preach, a, and the way I preach, there are people that come in here and they're out the door pretty quick because they're like, I can't handle it because you were running from things that God is really, you're not offended at me. You're offended because it's the truth and you're afraid to do something with it. I've had to learn to not take the criticism about that type of stuff when I preach on it personally because at the end of the day, when it hurts too much, we run. Fear causes some of you to stop fighting. Worse than you run from you run from what you should run at. That's fair too. You're passive aggressive. You expect people to read your mind. If they love me, care about me, they'll just know. But we just like it. 
You were setting yourself up for disappointment. Everybody loves you. They think, no, they did this. I'm dead then. Let me know if you need something. I'll tell you no if I have to, but I need to know. I can't. I definitely didn't know if I don't know. You talk around and about people instead of all my keyboard warriors in the room. I'm going to tell you right now, the reason I know there's a bunch of them is because we live in a world where everybody's keyboard warriors at some point. I'm not talking about social media. I'm talking about the tech industry.
of the psychedelic. But we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies. Did you hear that? If you're fighting people, you're missing the point in the spirit. I'll say it again, thank you, Connor. If you're fighting people, you're missing the point in the spirit. And you're wasting your time and energy because Paul says people are the problem. There's a way to handle people, but it ain't, they're, not the, they're not the problem. We are a part, supernatural part. But against evil rulers, he says, here's the problem the authorities of the unseen world against mighty powers in the dark world and against evil spirits in heavenly places. I want to stop right there. We live in a sensual culture as far as the things that are uncomfortable and weird to us. In the same way, we believe as people of faith that when you take your last breath, when you take your last breath, there is something that lives on your soul, your spirit. Well, don't you dare trick yourself into believing that there's not a lot more going on even in this room than just your spirit. We don't like that stuff. That's mysticism. No, it's false. You did it, Jesus. But what happens is you're living so elated. You're living in such insecurity and censorship. You don't like to address things that are uncomfortable. You call it toxic or you call it this. That's just weird. But Paul says we fight people because we don't even understand that the problem is so much deeper. The problem in the heart is so much deeper. I mean, you can't go to the gym to fix it. You can't get up. You can't. I'm telling you, getting married will only make it worse if you don't begin to work on your heart. Therefore, put on the new peace of God's armor so that you will be able to resist the enemy and to spend the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will be standing firm. This is how you fight. This is how you win. Stand your ground putting on the belt of truth. God's truth. His love for you. And the body armor of God's righteousness, not your ego, not your interpretation of what that is for everybody else, God's righteousness, His heart, where we that. That's why we're here. For shoes, what are your shoes? Not shoes. Put on the peace that comes from His goodness. You know the pessimism we live in? It's been in times everything's going to hell. According to Paul, he says, You need to fight with peace and the good news. That God loves you and He's not done with this world or any of us in it. So that you will be what? Fully prepared. In addition to all these things, hold up the shield of faith, not social media, to stop the fire of the devil. Not your undermining and manipulation at work. Not your bitterness towards your spouse who may not be the spouse that you need them to be, but you need to shut up about it because that is not that, that is not a shield of faith. The shield is faith. Faith. Put on the salvation. Bradford said it last week. The Greek word for salvation is sozo. It means so much more than what we teach. It is healing and wholeness. He said, put on salvation, sozo, healing and wholeness as your helmet. Because it will protect your head. Because what does Paul say? The mind is where the battle is already lost. And take the word, take the sword of the spirit. What is that? The word of God, the promises, the scripture. Pray in the spirit at all times. I told y'all, I pray in the spirit. I believe in it. I get up. Ninety percent of my prayer life is, is something that is my prayer language because I surrender to Him. Because I don't know what He wants. If He wants to burn everything down around me, if that's what He wants, I don't like it. But I gotta trust Him. Pray in the spirit at all times. Surrender to Him is what Paul is saying on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers, other people, everywhere. This is how we fight our battles. This is how we choose to fight them. And if you don't, you are going to be driven crazy. You are going to fight what you should flee. When you should flee, you're going to 
going to flee when you should fight and you're going to freeze. You're going to freeze. Fear causes you to freeze. You care that fear, right? What happens when they're just like, you got them in your head like, what they do, they just freeze. What happens to a deer when it freezes? You get to sit on the side of the road and you're going to work behind the person that's going. All, we all purchase them. We freeze. You shut down. Worst thing you can do in your marriage is stop talking. I told Karen a couple weeks ago, I said, the best marriage is the counselor the ones that are fighting really hard. But when I worry, is when they stop fighting, they won't fight anymore. You teach them how to fight, but when you burn that bridge, there ain't nothing left. That's where that's all that's, that's, that's life's suppressed. You show me a marriage that doesn't engage, I'll show you a marriage on life's suppressed. Somebody there about to jump in the band, they heard it. Yeah, we, we stop. If we ever stop bickering at each other, you better know we're in trouble. That's when you need to pray about it. We freeze. You're indecisive. You don't know how to make a decision. These prayers are popping. I'm just praying about it. Watch this. Joshua was just praying about it. He lost the war. Taking the promised land. Because, by the way, the promised land wasn't one war, it was a series of battles, and Joshua didn't win them all. You won it. He loses the war and he's on his knees praying God. He's still with you every Sunday on your knees, man. The, the presence of God in your life, it may start on your knees. It needs to go back to your knees, but it can't stay there. But the Lord said to Joshua, say it like you mean it. Say, get up! Why are you lying on your face like this? Why are you frozen? It ain't the time to be on your knees. It's the time to fight the next battle. You got beat. You made some mistakes. Get up and go. Get up. What we do is we freeze. We don't want to change. We don't want to do anything. So instead of actually moving the wrong direction, we freeze. We freeze. Uh, the, uh, the, uh, when Elijah faced the prophets of Baal, said that Elijah stood in front of him and said, How much longer will you waver? Hobbling between two opinions, between the decisions you need to make and the decisions that you need to make. If the Lord is God, follow him. But if the Baal is God, then follow him. Cancer in your heart, it starts with you before it goes to your family and friends and people that will be in your life because there's always going to be people that come against us someday. Fear. Fear is cancer. Look at the culture. We have so much discord and dysfunction, not just in the world, but the church. In our families. It's cancer. One thing I had to learn, and I'm 
I'm still learning. I'm still trying to learn it myself. The only way to heal cancer is to cut it out. Because if you don't cut it out, it's going to spread. I've had to set that expectation in every part of my life. My family, they'll tell you. If there is anything, I, I can't help what people put on social media. I can't help people that email me. I can't help none of that. But if any of my leadership or my family, they know it, they'll tell you. Is in a room that there is misrepresentation, and not just me in this church, but anybody that isn't true. If you sit there silent, that's as bad as freaking out. You got you don't have to argue back. In a room with everybody telling everything, yeah, that's that's not that hard. They're truly good people. That's it, because you ain't, ain't nobody gonna cut you out for saying that they look like a fool in a doctor's office, you know what I'm saying? Thanks for listening. We'd love to know your story. Let us know how this message impacts your life. You can message us at info at imcatalyst.net. We're here for you and we are for you. If you have a prayer request, you can message us at prayer at imcatalyst.net. To keep up with what's going on at Catalyst Church in Carrollton, visit us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Jesus cares about you, we care about you, and we hope you join us again on the Catalyst Church of Carrollton podcast.